Good morning, Superflex City. Step inside, walk this way. Larry Monkey is with me today. How the hell are you? Hey, hey, I'm here, man. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this, man. Oh, absolutely, dude. Absolutely, man. Um, I, I mean, I, we've talked music in the past a little bit. We've touched on it when we're talking a lot of fantasy um, before and after shows. You can see it in you. You're, you're like one of the funnest guys around oh, on Twitter. Thank you. If anybody is not following Larry Monkey, you're crazy. He also does Dynasty Hot Sauce. Um, just awesome to have you here, dude. So today we're going to switch it up. As you all know from Dancing in the City with us, we're going to talk more about music and a little bit about football. So Larry, right. if anybody didn't get the Def Leppard reference on the way in, Larry is in the Def Leppard division. Where are you picking? I'm in the eight spot, the one eight. Did you pick the eight spot? I did not. I requested the 12 spot thinking that I could take advantage of that third round reversal, but still eight spot. I still have a kind have of middle, a, you know, you kind yeah. of stay like that six to eight spot. You kind of stay kind of just yep. stagnant in the middle there. So I'm on the right side of the reversal and you know, there's some, some, there's also good players at the end of that first round. So I feel like uh, I'll, I'll be in pretty good shape. Now, did you pick Def Leppard as your first choice? I did, actually. They were my first choice. Uh, I am a my favorite band is the Black Crows. I'm a big okay, Black Crows nice. fan. Uh, I've you know I've seen. I'm a concert guy. I've been to a million shows. I've seen the Black Crows all over the place. I've seen. I've I've driven out to Michigan to see them. I've flown you down call to, out to Michigan. I, I I what? You call out to Michigan? <laughs> yeah man i went to uh oh damn what's the name of that festival it was the rothberry festival and okay. you want yeah you familiar with that man I'm it, very it, familiar with the festival i'm very familiar with um how the traffic is held up through that area that time of year because we have to go that way to get to the in-laws i'm oh. very familiar with the huge mess that's left over after that festival in that poor farmer's field yeah. i've heard it's a ton of fun i'm not trying to be a jerk but yeah I'm, i i know the i totally know the area and i love a festival so but dude it's just weird when you like you're used to driving by it so we all we we know where rothberry is and mm -hmm. um it's always just like leftover tents and <laughs> usually, usually mud. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, man, I'm a music festival guy. I've, I've, I go to the uh, mountain jam festival every year, which takes place at Hunter mountain in, in New York. Upstate did New you York. drive all the way to Rothbury? I did. We left at like three in the morning and got there at like five in the afternoon, wow. in the early, early evening. Yeah. Me and a buddy of mine is this, uh, the Rothbury fest was one of my all time favorite music festivals. Like it was like the dead, it was on July 4th weekend also. Nice. I mean, you are in this place for four days. Everyone's there for four days and they, you check, you basically go through the, you, you park your car, set up your tent and you just, and it's, it's like as close as you're going to get to Woodstock, man, there are naked folks, you know, it, it, there's naked people. Wait, what it, year did you go? Do you remember? Give or uh, take. This was probably 2008, I would say, okay. the Rothbury Fest. And so I an early think one, that I it was think, the last right? year they did that. It turned into like some lights, some like Northern uh, Festival Light of Lights festival after that. This was the last festival, the last Rothbury okay, wow. festival that I had been to. And um, yes, yeah, so uh, the Black Crows play there, the, the, the Dead, they were known as the Dead at the time. They 
they headlined that evening. And that was not the first time I saw the Black Crows open up for the dead. The first time I saw the Black Crows open up for the Grateful Dead was in Tampa, Florida, where I flew down to Tampa. And uh, this was in 1995. And that was that was right before Jerry Garcia died. So Wow. So that's pretty yeah. huge. Yes. But getting back to Def Leppard. Uh, it's, it's like Def Leppard. And then I evolved into the, into the crows basically. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm an older guy, big pyromania, Def Leppard fan. Uh, that, that, re that record came out when I was probably in seventh, seventh grade perhaps. And it was a big MTV. They're one of the first rock bands on MTV to hit it big on MTV, I guess. It was more like you're talking like MTV's brand new and you have, your Def Leppards and your Quiet Riots and your Twisted Sisters and your Motley Crues and yeah, Poison, and yeah, yeah, Poison came out a few years, a couple years later, but it was that initial wave of 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 rock acts that um that kind of burst on that 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 got the MTV airplay, yeah, so. like Def Leppard, High and Dry, like right, some of the right. older stuff, mm -hmm, exactly, yeah, so. We all know about the accident. The big, I know that all there is to know about Def Leppard as well. I mean, I'm a, I've read, I don't read books, but I, I've read a couple of books in, <laughs> that have to do with them as well. And yeah, there was a four year hiatus between Pyromania and Hysteria. And back then, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth graders are tough times, man. Uh, when you're a kid and uh, dealing with a lot of bullies in high school and stuff. And I mean, there were some times where I was just like, man, I just want to make it to the, to the next, to the next Def Leppard record. I'm like, I'm, I'm holding, I'm, I'm like staying alive. Just, I just, I'm, I just want the new record to come out. Like that was keeping me alive at the time. You know, you're, you're going through yeah. a lot of problems and dealing with a lot of stuff. Teenage. And yeah, it was just like, and I'm just like, oh man, they're, they're, you know, let me just, and music was my life back then, you know? So to, you know, put all your, your hope into like this next record that was coming out and it didn't disappoint. I mean, it took a while for uh, hysteria to really take off. It wasn't until, uh, pour some sugar on me was a single. Um, and I think it was their fourth or fifth single. Um, they released women. That was their debut song, which I love. That was a great, it's a great song. It's the first track off the, off the, off hysteria. And that came out great video and you know it was awesome i was hooked man it was that it's that sound it's those two guitars you know um uh, phil collin and, and steve clark and i i love the record no one else really didn't really resonate with anybody until and they just kept they just and it was one of the most expensive records made at the time hysteria just because uh all of the issues that the band suffered through and they scrapped this and re-recorded that and and at the time it was one of the most expensive records ever produced. So they were basically, they just accepted the fact they were going to take a hit on, on making money off of this. And they just kept churning. They kept touring and touring and touring. And then all of a sudden, Pour Some Sugar on Me just, just blew up. And that was a track that they didn't, that was just like a, like a, a, la, a leftover track at the time. Joe Elliott was just fiddling around on a guitar in between recording uh, recordings of songs that they are, had already played and phil collin was like what is that he said i'm just messing around and then they kind of started jamming on it and turned into pour some sugar on me and when you think about it that drum beat it, it's everything's it's it's not one of the their most you know def leppard's a, a very musical band so there's a lot they're very very talented best guitar players uh, you know obviously uh, rick allen was 
probably on his way to being one of the great drummers of all time. And now, I mean, he's kind of cemented himself as one of the greats. Uh, right, right. Because you know, he's one arm. Exactly. Because he has one. Because he doesn't know, like, um, yeah, a car accident. Um, he was speeding. To, he was speeding in his Porsche, and uh, they were lucky he uh, actually lived through that. And unfortunately, he, he actually they fixed the arm at first, and then he got an infection. And a lot of people don't know that that story, but they were able to save him but his arm didn't, didn't make it. So, wow. But yeah, uh, then that record hit, took off and then, you know, the rest is kind of history. Um, yeah, man, I remember fantastic. like, cause you mentioned like the long wait you had to, to wait till you got to hysteria and the excitement yeah. you had for that. And, mm -hmm. um, I remember, I think back in the day, like, um, which for me, when I say that I'm probably talking to where anywhere's from like 20, 25 years ago, you would wait for Tuesdays and Tuesdays was the day that new CDs or yes. tapes or whatever right. it may be would yeah. be back in the day. And Tuesdays were way more excited that exciting than a Wednesday waiver wire run by far. <laughs> like I was always looking, always wanted to know, and we couldn't just Google and figure out what was coming out. You had to like physically find a way like a magazine or something or to know your Tuesday releases and what was going to be coming out this Tuesday. But I know I always knew. And like the one you kind of remember some of the times you were really excited or waiting for an album to come out on yeah. a Tuesday. Um, what was the first, I'm going to guess cassette tape. Of course that yeah. you bought first cassette tape. Well, I mean, we're uh, in life. You mean, because I go wait, I go back. You know, I know like for me, like my cassette tape memories, like there's two or three, I'm not sure of the, I know my first CD for sure. Okay. I don't know my first cassette tape for sure. There's like two or three that I'm guessing it was probably one of them. I can remember. Oh, I go back to like albums. That's how old I am. Oh, I'm so like, do we get yeah. an eight track in here? Uh, my dad had an eight track player in his car. I, that much I know. But as far as a, like, a, first like an LP album, first album ever would be Loverboy Get Lucky. Nice. <laughs> Now this is the now here's the story about this. So I had a babysitter at the time, and I I still remember having this conversation with her. You're talking about a babysitter, so this this girl probably had to be like 12, 13, 14 years old, you know. And yeah. I'm like we'll yeah. go looking up to her for right. you know advice and insight on music, and she was like, okay, it's either there's two bands that that you you want to get Loverboy or Van Halen. So down you'd go down the Jersey Shore. And they have the games, they have the wheels where, you know, you put a quarter on a number and they spin the wheel and the record wheel was always like had the biggest crowd around it on the boardwalk. You know, the, you have the you're spraying the, the, the water gun in the clown's mouth, the balloon pops and they have, you know, that and they have this and that. But the record wheel always had the crowd around it. And I hit and I was like, OK, it was Diver Down, which is just a boring red album cover with the diagonal white stripe like the diver down symbol and then lover boy if you look at the get lucky record it's a pair of red leather pants with uh somebody's crossed fingers like in the butt crack 
you know? So I was like, I want that one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I got it. I mean, and, and, and who knows if that put me on my path? Like, you know, if I had selected the, the Van Halen, who would, would I be today if I took that Van Halen record? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Like but yeah, man, Loverboy moment right there. You never yeah, know. Yeah, it was a it was a crossroads, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Get Lucky is great, great record, and working for the weekend. You know, everybody's working for the weekend, and that song yeah. was on there. Um, yeah, that was, and that was a big record at the time. They were an MTV band as well, Loverboy, and yeah, so that's that's my record. A couple of other early records I can remember having uh, Aldo Nova. Uh, you know, I mean, again, these, I don't know if you're familiar, ever heard of Aldo Nova. He, not, no, no. Yeah. Fantasy. He had a song called Fantasy. How about that? There you go. All you fantasy nerds out there. Go look up that <laughs> one. So uh, life is just a fantasy. Can you live this fantasy? And he had that the 80s keyboard. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Check out that song. Oh, if man, you have it, to find that one. <laughs> Yeah, check that out. And then Abacab by Genesis. So those are my like my first records that I know that I can re recall owning. And I still have these LPs, by the way. I still nice. have them. Uh, as far as cassettes, if you want to pivot over to back to the cassettes, um, I, I I mean something memorable for me, Master of Puppets, when that came out by Metallica. I can, I bought that and, uh, you know, we'd go down the shore again, down the shore, you head down the shore for a family vacation. And, you know, we'd, we'd go to like the supermarket and load up on junk food and, you know, stuff for the week. And it was a, be a big deal. We could always get whatever we wanted cause it was vacation. And, and, and I, I got the Metallica master of puppets cause I wanted that. And it's, it's got the cool cover with all the crosses and the, you know, the puppeteer strings yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, man. Uh, big Metallica fan as well. So I mean I'm a, I have heavy metal roots, um, big Same, my yeah, yeah uh, rap as well. Rap was really getting. I mean I was a big uh, Run DMC guy, uh, Fat Boys, like all that stuff. And I can remember going out, and at nighttime you'd have Headbangers Ball would be on Saturday nights. Yes, yes. that's so we're... important back in the day, dude. <laughs> oh, like, dude, yeah. Everybody, so like, we've ball. mentioned that on a couple of shows, like how like you'd be listening to Headbangers Ball, and you knew that you were listening to it with your friend. You didn't have to be there with him, but you knew like yeah. he was watching it too, and you were going to be talking to it or talking about it with them later, like Headbangers Ball, dude, and just like yeah. finding new music through that or hearing your music on there, that was awesome. Oh, wow, dude, I used to get. I, 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 I had a, I had a Rip Magazine subscription too. I don't know if you remember that Rip Rip Magazine. Yeah, yep. So yeah, if, if I was out uh, that evening and I wasn't going to be home, my parents knew to tape Headbangers Ball on a VHS, the VCR. They knew to, to tape Headbangers Ball for nice. me. And on Sunday. I would watch Headbangers Ball and that would go right into Yo MTV Raps because Yo MTV Raps was on Sundays. So I would watch Headbangers Ball and Yo MTV Raps. So yeah, I'm all over the place with music, uh, you know, concert guy, music guy, all through and through. Did you ever like, um, have you ever heard of the Dead Milkman? Are you kidding me? So well, you made me think of them when you said down by the dude. shore a couple times. Like, what you, does that you, say? Nice, dude. That's badass. Like, <laughs> it's one, it's, a, one it's the, a piece of paper that it says "Dead Milkman" on it, guys. Like, we didn't even up. talk about this. You just was, put them in my head, though. When you kept saying "Down by the Shore," I kept waiting for that. Like, the song. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I saw the Dead Milk. I've seen the Dead Milkman live. I saw them on Route 35 in New Jersey at a club called Club Benet. 
which is about the size of this room that I'm, I'm sitting in right now. Nice. And uh, this is one of the earlier shows that I've ever seen. So why do you have them on the piece of paper? Is that just something like, Oh, that so I'm, that's just crazy. Yeah. I was doing some reconnaissance. I, I was listening to your Mark Schofield uh, episode that, mm -hmm. you, that you just dropped. Um, and he started talking about some of the shows that he that he listed. And I was like, oh, let me let me write down some of the first shows. So I'm prepared yeah. for this and Dead Milkman I have here. Horde Fest. I was I was at the Horde Festival, the Black Crows headline. Not too many people know the Horde Fest. Uh, it's it's a festival. So you have your music festival. They put the, the very small bands at the bottom and it leads up to your big your big time acts at the time yeah. are yeah. headliners. So and I have a shirt. I still have a Horde Festival shirt that the two bottom acts or the one of the bottom acts is like at the small of your back, like where you would have a tramp stand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, uh, Dave Matthews was one of the, 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 the wow, first acts, one of the first small band. ones. Yeah. yeah wow. Small, yes. And again, the Black Crows headline, Blues Traveler opened up for them. Ziggy Marley was on that bill. But uh, yeah. Um, so I actually saw I saw Dave Matthews, a girl I was dating. This is you know 2006 or 2007. She was a huge Dave Matthews uh, fan. And you go to a Dave Matthews show, like it's a shit show. You know, there's there's oxygen tanks. You know, everyone's uh, doing whippets all over the place. <laughs> balloons everywhere. It's a, you know, it's a huge. It, it, it's like a, like a Grateful Dead show or a country a tailgate. You know, at a, at a country show, which you know I'm ha happy to talk about that as well. So I'm a huge country <laughs> fan, but. Um, uh, yeah, I wore my Horde Festival shirt to the Dave Matthews show. And that was, that's, that was my, and I'm like, look, I got Dave Matthews. He was at the show. He's at the bottom of my shirt there. That was a good conversation piece. Yeah, that's pretty sweet, dude. I remember like the, one of my first, like early on, um, festivals was one of the Lollapaloozas. I think it was oh. 95 or 96. In Chicago. Um, that was in Detroit. It was oh, called Pine okay. Knob at the time. And in my head, it, it'll always be Pine Knob. And anybody like from back in the day that's listening from Michigan, like knows what I'm talking about. It's Pine Knob. Um, but, it, and it was just a huge hilly area and you're outside. And uh, man, the year I went, it was um, Cypress Hill back. Yeah. I'm going to forget some, some bands, man. Sonic Youth was there. The breeders were there, not at that one. Oh no, no, it, it's uh, it's it's bugging me. I can't remember. This may okay then. There, maybe I maybe that was 1996 then. Um, man. While you're thinking, so I went to so I went to Buckeye Lake, Ohio, to see the Grateful Dead. Uh, and the one year, this was probably 1990, I don't know, two, 1993, me and my buddy and three other buddies, two cars drove out there at the time of our lives. We had such a good time. We decided to go right from, uh, Buckeye Lake, Ohio to, uh, Orchard Park in Buffalo. And we kept going. I called into work and I was like, yeah, I'm still having fun. I'm not, uh, just give me a few more days here. So yeah, I went to the Buffalo show nice. and saw the dead there. No tickets naturally. But um, so was this back second back nights too? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We went there. We drove, slept in somebody's backyard. It was amazing. I still have like pictures. You know, I'm like 18 years old or 19. But the reason I uh, the following year, we went back to Buckeye Lake and then we hit Lollapalooza in Chicago on the way on the way home, I guess, in, to New Jersey, which is not on the way home. But and I remember the breeders in the in the background and. It was, it was a funny story. There's a, a so the 
people parked next to us decided to trash their car for no reason. I have no idea. They just broke all the windows in their car. And I have a picture wow. of this car too. When I say I have pictures from, from these days, uh, my girlfriend at the time took a ton of pictures and I just have a box full of all these photographs from, from, from that time period. And uh, one of them is this trashed car that I don't, I don't know what the story was, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. Um, Man, I forget what I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry, that. dude. You were talking about Lollapalooza. We did go to Lollapalooza. I, I forget who else was there, though, dude. I, I'd have to look. But I know it was like, I think the Mighty Mighty Boss Stones, actually. Sinead O'Connor was supposed to be there, but she wasn't. And that was okay with me. Okay. Um, Man, but the first concert I wanted to go to, or the first concert I went to, um, <laughs> was three dog night and that was like in virginia with my, yeah and i just and i remember like joy to the world that's about all i remember oh, yeah. from because i was little like probably shouldn't have been there um <laughs> and um it was like a vacation we went on as uh, kids with my parents and um that's that's kind of all i, I don't think the vacation was about us <laughs> <laughs> but um but i do remember that that show and it was at some kind of either festival or um it might have been by the point that they were kind of older and doing like cheaper low budget festivals you know what i mean it wasn't like uh -huh. a huge show or anything but i do remember that nice but. that's cool yeah man Ozfest. i've been to a bunch of Ozfests back in the day uh you want to talk about Ozfest? um i can remember so I was a big CD world guy, you know, I'd go to CD world and just load up on all of the used Flip CD discs, they, they, but just the used ones. Cause the used yeah. ones were like two ninety nine, three ninety nine, yep. And I would go there. I just got paid to get out on a Friday, half of summer Fridays. I guess like half a day I go to CD world and I just like start boom. So I, I mean, I accumulated a collection of like 2000 CDs over the, you know, the course of time. And there was this, and I was a big WSOU is uh, is our heavy metal station there's uh, seton hall their college station is wsou 98.5 and i you know listen to, i always listen to sou and they were, i didn't really know the band incubus but i always thought i'm like i didn't i didn't associate i didn't i wasn't able to associate the band with the the name with the music i i, I mm. heard i would hear them talk about incubus on the on the radio but i didn't i didn't know which was an incubus song or anything so i'm in cd rule one day and I see Incubus and I pick up an Incubus CD and it was their like debut uh, CD. And it, I was like, oh, and I pop it in. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've heard this song on the radio. Oh, uh, I've heard this song on the radio. Yeah. I know that. Oh, I know this band. Anyway, Incubus was one of the first acts on the second stage uh, of Ozfest. And they okay. killed it, man. When you, that's the beauty yeah. of the second stage acts and stuff. They're these up and coming bands that you can really like Slipknot. I saw Slipknot on the second stage and everyone's just watching these, these guys is we're talking again, we're talking like 1994, whatever, whenever they came out for the very first time, I yeah. don't really know, or mid to early to mid nineties. And we're just sitting there with our, with our jaws on the floor, just like the, and these guys are just going berserk, you know, with their masks on, they're wearing, they're all in like prison gear, you know, and you're yeah. like, 
who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> Holy shit, man. Slipknot. What the fuck? <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then, you know, and before the Incubus show, they handed out, you know, the guy's face on the, the first on uh, the science record, you know, then they, they yeah. had that guy's face on a cutout on all the, on the, a bunch of popsicle sticks. So everyone had this dude's face on a popsicle stick while the band was playing. And, you know, when, you know, the show was over, like you see all these like sticks with the guy's face all over the grass. Uh, and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, man, some good Ozfest memories too. Black Sabbath, Tool, crazy. Ah, oh, I saw Tool, dude. That was that that was a great show. Oof. Honestly, oh, dude, yeah. like so tight and like just I don't know, dude. I remember just being in awe by Tool and Maynard. I, I'm a huge Maynard fan. He's okay. he's the Mozart of rock and roll, yeah. dude. I just like picture him up there, like orchestrating and creating beauty. I don't know. Perfect circle. Yeah, yeah. Any man, if may I mean anything, dude. Pussifer, like if Maynard touched it, like I'm I like it a lot, usually. I mean, he's got some stuff that's better than others, but yeah, I I like Maynard a lot. He was always a mysterious front man. Everyone was like, who like oh man, look like he was he wasn't was never really that engaging with the crowd, I guess. Maybe with when the the time that I saw them. Yeah. But he just was doing his thing and the and the the bass is you know, the it's the air is drums and yeah, everything. Yeah, every yeah, it's like the command of just the whole entire yeah venue it yep. just it just filled the air it was amazing yeah yeah absolutely dude freaking love it people <laughs> are dying to hear what you're gonna do in the scott fishbowl we've kept them waiting long enough <laughs> what am i gonna do with the scott fishbowl i have the one eight so everybody I mean- that comes on the show is like yes yeah, sweet dude I don't even want to talk about football. So when we get to this point, they're like, oh, shit, that's right. We are going to talk a little bit about football. I'm okay with it, man. I love that. These are my two favorites. I mean, I mean, dude, same, you know, football and and music. I mean, if you want to get together and talk about pizza next week, I'm in on that one, too, man. (laughs) That'll be uh, those will be our divisions next year. Pizza (laughs) toppings and or varieties. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter's like, who do you like more, pizza or the Black Crows? And I'm like, oh. Green peppers and onion division. <laughs> I'm in the ba- I'll be in the bacon division, man. That's my favorite. <laughs> Load that bacon up, baby. So the one eight. So so with the Scott Fishbowl, you really have to understand you don't necessarily you don't know any of the people in your division. You know, sometimes you're in a league with somebody kind of you know, understand their tendencies and this and that. And if you especially if you're in a dynasty league, you know the folks are going to be thinking uh, they're going to have that dynasty mindset, you know? So I really don't know how the first round is going to unfold with the eighth pick. Uh, I would imagine. So right now in, you know, DLF ADP, you have quarterback, 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 quarterback. All. You know, I was, it's like eight to 10 quarterbacks in the first round. I don't know if that's how it's going to, I can't imagine that going down in the fishbowl one. It's not a redraft. Well, it's a redraft league. So you have to, kind of take your dynasty hat off and you know and this was my problem last year i've made the playoffs every this is my this will be my one two i don't know third or fourth fishbowl and i've made the playoffs every year but last year i had more rookies i had the most rookies drafted than any other team in the entire scott fishbowl nice and it, it was almost the year before dude it had to be honestly but not not so much last year it almost worked in my favor because i backed into the playoffs thanks to justin herbert and i had jonathan taylor on my team and, and i just had some guys that you know those rookies when they start to hit 
they kind of take over the end of the season. So I was like, when I backed into the playoffs, I was like, wow, I, I got a legit shot here because these guys are all, they're all hitting on, they're hitting on all cylinders right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I did pretty good, but yeah, fell short. So this year I'm going to take a different approach and I'm, I mean, I'm going to let the draft come to me. We'll see how it goes. It's, it's clearly going to be a running back or a quarterback. Uh, Cause I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm usually, let me get my quarterbacks. But I'm going to see how this draft goes because I don't know the skill set of everyone else in the league. So I maybe I'll be able to get a quarterback in the later mm-hmm. rounds, perhaps. You know, when I say later rounds, I don't mean the late rounds. I mean maybe the you know the, the fourth round or the fifth round. If I, you know, if I if there's a nice looking running back that's that I'm staring at with the eighth pick, yeah, maybe I will go quarterback and maybe hammer a running back on the way on the way back. You know, and then maybe that third round reversal will. will play to my favor well you're also. in a nice spot too even when it reverses to to kind of not worry so much about the runs because if one happens you can be in the middle of it yeah um whereas me like i'm at 12 and i feel like i need to take a quarterback and possibly even two at that first turn and just secure my quarterbacks at that point and that's important too because the quarterbacks. I mean, are, is he? Are we getting hit with incompletions again this year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same, same quarterback scoring as last year. So those negative okay. points are huge. Yeah. So I'm staying away from Kirk Cousins because I don't know if you remember the week he had last year in the fishbowl settings. He had like one of the like worst quarterbacks. He, I don't know. He, he threw had a, a horrible one, and... but he still finished as like QB somewhere between like eight and eleven with this scoring last year. So he's oh, kind yeah. of one of the nicer, cheap quarterbacks. He, okay, he. He, uh, you're you've been scorned. Like you have to get that taint, tainted That's... feeling out of your head because yeah. he kind of he's a bargain in this actually. Him and uh, Derek Carr, pretty pretty okay. decent values in the scoring. Ooh. That's good to know, man. Good to know. But I hate him. He hurt me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny how that happens though. I, I and I rem- I remember it. I actually um, I didn't have cousins last year, but I re- I remember. Like he had like minus like 30, he had like some ridiculous negative game. And I'm like, man, that's why you need to invest in your quarterbacks. Somebody that's, you know, you want yeah, to, go top guys, you know, and, and we're going to be without two of the top ones this year. Well, we're, we're, I don't know. And Watson and Rogers, who know, who knows what, what yeah. their story is, who they're going to be playing with. Even if Rogers goes to a new team, is he guaranteed Mr. Was he 38 years old? Uh, right. Just, if, if he gets traded to Denver, does that automatically mean he's just going to, going it's already july so right is he just going to step in with a month in, in a on a brand new team and just be aaron Rodgers? you know yeah. if, if that's the case you know i think you almost want him to to go with the packers but you know any you look at him you talk to him and he seems to not have any interest in playing for He's the packers like, yeah, so that, um, i mean we're looking watson we don't know what the hell's gonna happen with him so there's two of your right. top quarterbacks already not you know that, are, that relationship know. was scorned even before the legal troubles. So even if yeah. he finds his way out of that in time to play this season, you have to still wonder what 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 has to be done to repair that relationship. Besides the point, yeah. um, I'm interested to hear how you feel or what what's your plan going to be on these kickers this year. I am not going to, well, I'm not going to be starting a kicker run. I won't be starting a kicker run. Uh, I'm, I don't really, I guess I'll look into it, you know, as I'm not going to study kickers. I'm not going to, I'm sorry, Lindellians. 
but I'm going to, well, I'll just, you know, I'll grab one or two, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a kicker guy. I'm so I'll just, I'm not going to be at the beginning of a run. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what are, what are they averaging? Like 10, 10 points a week, perhaps in the fishbowl. I don't know Man, what they're, and that's just it, dude. You might not mind flexing them. Like when it does get to that point, when you're taking some of the like stash running backs or like a backup quarterback or stash wide receivers, you might be better off this year grabbing a yeah. kicker if they haven't all gone. Um, like a Jason Sanders or yeah. Yeah. Or, or uh, the guy from Buffalo. Yep, Jennifer Aikens at four for four did an article on it, and she talked about Monday about mommy. It. Yeah, yep. Monday mommy. Yep. Um, and she talked about the kickers a little bit, uh, a couple episodes on here just before Schofield, I think, came out Friday. And um, man, she's she she's the one that sort of changed me. I I apologize, the third mic, anybody else that's been trying to push the kickers on me, um, <laughs> the mon the Monday mommy. She pushed you over the edge. Me. Yeah. And <laughs> so I think when it gets to a certain area, dude, I'm going to really be depending on what's there. I'm not saying like 10th, 13th round. I'm not saying, but when it gets to that point when it's ugly and like I'm taking, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example from last year, but maybe Josh Rosen or Nick Mullins. I'm taking right. a kicker this year. Yeah. Or once Mike Davis goes and there's no, you know, there's no more running yeah. back out there, you know? Yep. And once, yeah, once the wide receivers, once those pickings are slim and, you know, I, I you know, I, I'm in 13 eliminators and I did draft, I did pick up kickers in those. I mean, kickers are good to have in a best ball anyway. Yeah. So, you know, who knows? We'll see how it goes. And like, you know, I'm going to like, I'll let the draft come to me. And if, if a bunch of kickers are going off the board, maybe I'll, maybe I'll snag one. If I don't see anybody better. Just, out there. Yeah. Maybe even just for those flex weeks, dude, yeah. you never know. Yeah. And it is, it's a flex. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not a kicker spot, right? Is it like, right. a, it's just like a flex spot. So yep, you got it. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to have a kicker. Right. So, but, I mean, I went in like, ah, who cares about kickers? But then, you know, and, and not too many people know this, the waiver waivers and the Scott fishbowl are so important. Yes. You, know, you will, you will make the playoffs if you're on top of your waiver wire because half the league is not on top of the waiver wire. Yeah. Maybe three quarters of the league are, are not on top of the waiver wire. So if you no, are paying attention to waivers, right. if you're paying attention to waivers, uh, you're going to, you're going to pick up some guys that are going to have big seasons and you know, these kickers, there might be some kickers that don't get drafted that, Hey, they might be worth grabbing off waivers. Yeah, I would absolutely even add like don't don't be stingy with Fab at the beginning of the year. Don't be afraid to sh show your money, get your guys. Like that's what I did last year with James Robinson. Yep, I threw it all in. Um, people that saw or heard how much I paid felt like I was a little insane, but he was probably the best waiver wire ad all season last year. I'm not yep. saying that happens again, but don't be afraid. Like you in Scott Fishbowl, you want those wins early. Like you want to keep racking them up. It's a different like playoff formula to continue to go on. You want those wins. You want those points and do whatever you can to get them. Yeah. yeah they're, they're, you have a much better chance of landing a stud on waivers in the first quarter of the season than in the last quarter of the season. Yep. Yep. And, and I agree with you, dude, pay attention. Like, cause uh, there are people in your divisions in the league that aren't on top of it quite the same. And, um, I, this tournament, 1900 plus people, a huge yeah. amount of luck is going to play into it. But, mm -hmm. but the one thing that can make you a little bit luckier is like Larry said, just 
freaking pay attention, be on top of those waivers. I mean, that helps more than you know, because none of us are going to nail the draft. Mm -hmm. And have three legit quarterbacks, too, because injuries happen. I mean, what were there, 53 starting quarterbacks last year or something like that? Your quarterbacks, have they could get injured. You want to have legit QB play, because if you don't, you're just going to you're just going to shoot yourself in the foot. So th- yep. a third and a fourth quarterback are are important. I learned that from FF Blitz, Michael Sipes. My first year in the fishbowl, he said, get get a quarterback. And uh, this was this was the same year. I think Andrew Luck like dipped out before the right before this, right after drafts Ouch. took place. Yep. And, and I didn't have I mean, I didn't draft Andrew Luck, but there was a guy in my league who was just chasing the waiver wire the whole season because he took Andrew Luck and he had some other guy that, you know, crapped out for him. So, yeah, backup quarterbacks or a legit third or fourth quarterback on your team is important. Yep, absolutely. Appreciate you, dude. This has been awesome. Tell them who you are, where to find you again, in case they missed it. Yeah, I, I can find me on Twitter at FF Larry Monkey, and I host the Dynasty Hot Sauce Pod at Dynasty Hot Sauce with my co-host at Run DFF Justin Rogers, and we just dropped a, an amazing pod with Lynn, Liz Loza. She's one of the yes, great, yeah. she's one of the all-time greats in the industry. And a little snippet, Pour I was some sugar on that hot sauce. Yeah, yeah, man, Liz Loza. She she turned up the heat and she delivered. Uh, a great episode for us. So go check that one out. And, you know, we, we drop episodes weekly. So I hope, uh, hope, hope we get some, some brand new uh, subscribers and some listeners. That'll be great. Awesome, dude. I appreciate you. I am at Swagzilla zero G and this is at Superflex city. We are out. Yeah.